I will never invest in anything that I don't have a clear path of how I'm going to make that back, whether it's the people in the room, whether it's the knowledge that I learn, whether it's the network, whether it's the connections, whether it's the strategy that's then going to help me sell something different. But so often people are just investing in things because it's like the next shiny object and they have no ROI of how it's actually going to pay them back at all. Hey, babe, welcome to the sales and social podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited today because we're going to talk about my second favorite subject, which is money. So Stacy, welcome to the show. I'd love for you to tell my audience who you are and what you do. Yeah, my name is Stacy Millard. I'm a profit strategist and business coach. And that comes from 15 years in the accounting world. I was a CPA for many of them, but I've also walked in the shoes of many of my clients having grown my own accounting firm to seven figures and sold it. And now I'm passionate about all of the small businesses that I lead having the same kind of success in their work life and their family life. So good. So you guys know that like, there's nobody that I don't bring on the show that I don't like massively edify. There's so many people online that like say that they're like an expert, you know, in money, they're an expert in mindset, they're expert in sales, but like Stacy is truly the expert in what she does. So we are going to dive in to so many great topics. But one thing I actually want to talk about is you are like a seven figure business owner, but yet you are still in masterminds. You are still in coaching programs and you are still like on networking calls. So let's talk about someone who is at the success level that you are at. Why are you still investing in these things? Investing never stops. There's always something more to be learned. Yeah. There's no arrival. That's actually one of the things that early on, I thought if I just did the things right, all of a sudden I'd be there, but it doesn't ever stop. They say like new levels, new devils, Mm -hmm. whatever term you want to put to it. It's just, there's always something more. And also you mentioned masterminds, connection, like connection is so important just even for our human natural human need. Mm -hmm. So it's about community. It's about learning. It's about expanding yourself. Business changes every single day. Yeah. I love that. I love it. You know, you and I met, you know, we have mutual friends that are in, you know, mutual masterminds. You and I are both like huge advocates of masterminds. And I think it's so interesting. I know a lot of my listeners are like, well, you know, I've already reached six figures. I've already reached multiple six figures. Maybe I've already reached seven figures. So I don't need to be in those rooms. And you guys, we have a seven figure business owner on the, on the podcast today. You know, I'm on my way to seven figures. It's like, get in those rooms. It is so freaking important. So yeah, I just wanted to like dive into that topic right there. That is heartbreaking hearing that. Oh, it's crazy. I'm I'm here. I don't need to do anything. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Huge missed opportunity. 
Yeah. I was just on a call yesterday with someone that we're going to like sidetrack on this podcast, which usually happens on all my podcasts. If people know that, but I was on a, a call yesterday with somebody and she was like, Oh, so you actually still do like your own lead generation. And I was like, yeah, she's like, well, you've like already had success. Like, why are you doing that? Even people ask me too. They're like, you still have a business mentor. I'm like, yeah, I will always have a business mentor. I'll always have a one-on-one coach and I'll always be in masterminds no matter what. Because I always wanted to, like, this is my other rule with masterminds. I always want to be like the least impressive person in the room. I don't yeah. want to be in the mastermind where I'm like the top dog. I want to be like the baby in the, in the mastermind. So I can, like, my ceiling is so big to grow. I learned that from my mentor, Chris Harder, which obviously, you know, as well, too. I think that's so great. I think there's also an opportunity that if you are the person right now who is at the top of the room and you're kind of leading, there's such an opportunity for you to still learn something from there. What is it that you're needing in terms of validation that you need to look inward for so that you can stop seeking that because your next level is going to be hindered until you figure that out. So good. So, so, so good. So I love that. So I know one of the things that you love to talk about is running from numbers is actually costing you money. So my people who are listening to this episode, my community, they know how to make money, but they don't always know how to keep money. So let's dive into this topic because obviously they're good at sales. They work with me, but they don't always know how to keep money. Yeah, that's hard. I think there's some level of the fact that sales is like the first thing we go to when we start a business. You have to have sales to survive. Any business has to have sales to survive. So we go there, but we kind of get stuck there. We think it's always our solution that just, you know, if we don't have enough, it's like more money, more money, more money. How do we bring in more? And the problem is that when we're running from looking at our bank account, when we're running from looking at the financials of our business, we are missing a huge opportunity in that the money's going somewhere. Maybe you have don't need to continue to chase more dollars and more clients and more revenue if you just looked at where it's going out to and align that. It's just magic. There's so many business owners who are years and years in who give if you don't like if you don't like hearing it from me, the numbers girl, and you don't want to hear it from Jillian, then hear it from everybody who walked before you. That's like 10 years in, I looked at my numbers and it got easier. Don't wait 10 years. Just mm-hmm. do it now. Mm-hmm. I think another thing too, in this online space, which I'm sure that you can talk to as well is like, so many people are chasing, you know, the $10,000 months. I mean, that's not even fancy anymore. Now it's like the $50,000 months and the $100,000 months, but people aren't even actually looking at like the profit margin. It's like, okay, maybe you hit $10,000 in your business, but like you made a thousand because you're bleeding money on everything else that you're spending. Cause you're spending money on all the things that you don't need. So like, what should they actually be looking at? Should they be looking at their cash? Or should be looking at their profit margin? First of all, you should always be looking at profit margin. I know like revenue and bringing money in is obviously a no brainer, but the real testament of a good business is and successful business is the profit margin. And so if you really want to look at for an online business, if you really want to look at how do I, you know, do business wisely, it's always about return on investment. Because what I see too often is people dive into reinvesting in their business. Like online businesses, the the model is pretty simple. We don't actually have a lot of like necessary costs. We don't necessarily have employees. We don't have a storefront we got to pay for every month. So really a lot of what we're investing in is like optional spending. And people think they have to spend money to make money. But what I'd really love to see is people looking at it like, is this going to make money back? Sometimes it's a long game. Sometimes it's a short game. But return on investment, what do I think I'm going to earn back here before we just start investing in everything? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. So I have obviously like a CFO in my business and, you know, I bring every investment to her. I'll say like, Hey, I want to invest in this business mentor. And, you know, she, the first thing she'll say to me is like, what do you think the ROI is going to be on that? Like, if you want to invest $12,000 in this new business mentor, you know, is she going to help you with strategy? That's then going to help you with a launch. That's then going to bring in that $12,000 back. And I think so often people are just throwing money out on like programs, masterminds, coaches, or whatever. And they're not actually asking themselves that question. You know, you and I both invest in programs. We invest in masterminds and I will never invest in anything that I don't have a clear path of how I'm going to make that back. Whether it's the people in the room, whether it's the knowledge that I learn, whether it's the network, whether it's the connections, whether it's the strategy that's then going to help me sell something different. But so often people are just investing in things because it's like the next shiny object and they have no ROI of how it's actually going to pay them back at all. Mm, I love that. And I also see investments in two different ways. So I see one, you invest in something like a coach that you know is going to get you in a room where there's people that are leads, or you invest in a new software, like there's something tangible on the ROI immediately, or like, okay, this is going to pay me back. There's also this level of investing in yourself as a leader, and your happiness in your nervous system and all of those sort of things that are less tangible. And Mm -hmm. I think those are important, but I like to distinguish the difference between the two because we group them in Mm -hmm. and often we go to that work that's like, oh, it's going to make me feel good. But the problem is, is that's a long game. And when you start separating the two, it's easy to see like, okay, this has a very clear return on investment. This other one is a long game. How much am I going to invest in it? Because if you're investing $100,000, $200,000 a year in that long game coaching, you better have the income to support that, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something, I look at it in a way that's like, I don't want to invest, I only want to invest a portion of what I'm making in that long game, because I know I'm going to have to make money to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put my nervous system in like fight or flight of like, holy smokes, I got to bring in more sales today. That is like a downward spiral. Yes. Yes. And I think that is something I love what we're talking about this because I think that is actually something that so many entrepreneurs are doing is they are making investments that they don't have the cash flow to then support. And then they are in this like constant frantic, I have to sell energy because they come to me all the time and they're like, I have to sell. I have to sell this group coaching program. I got to sell this mastermind. I got to sell this course. And the first thing I say is like, why are we in this frantic energy? And they're like, well, because I'm in this mastermind or I've hired this coach and now I have to do it. And it's like, well, you didn't actually look at your cash runway. You didn't actually look at your, you know, your projected sales that are coming in. And now you are in, just like you said, this like frantic energy, but you really should have looked at like, could the investment support what it is that you're doing, right? So like me, for an example, if I want to invest in a mentor, right? Let's just say I've I've had the same mentor for 18 months. So every time I have to invest in her, it's like 25 grand, right? So I'll say to like Christine, who's my CFO, I'll say like, hey, I got to make that payment to Raquel, can I, do I have the the runway right now to do it so that I'm not thinking like, okay, I just made this investment and now I got to go like burn out my audience and be in this like frantic energy Mm -hmm. to, to actually sell it. And I love the other thing that you said was that sometimes we have to make those investments for where we're actually going to Mm -hmm. then free up like our energy, our mindset, some of those things too. Cause a lot of entrepreneurs are running into burnout. They're doing all those things. And it's like, sometimes you do have to make some of those investments to help yourself, help your health, 
help what it is that you're doing. I mean, I work with a lot of clients and I'm like, you know what? You need to hire a VA. You need to hire an assistant. You need to hire someone for your ops or your systems or your automation because you can't run and get to the next level of your business operating like this. Yeah, I think that's so important because I without numbers though, this is where I'm like, Ooh, this is where my magic is without looking at the numbers behind it. There's two different games. There's one set of people who like very early on are like, I need a VA. I need an OBM. I need all these people. Oh, I'm going to rebrand. And they're putting all this money into things that I'm like, Holy smokes. Like you don't have the cash flow to support this. So they invest too early. And then we have the other side where it's, you know, they're so tapped that they're actually hindering their potential to bring in more money because they're still doing the admin work. Mm -hmm. And when we bring it back to looking at numbers every month, you get to see just this outside perspective, it removes all feeling it's like, hey, there's actually an opportunity here, or maybe we're overspending in this area. And it just gives you this, like, it's not about you. It's just this is the opportunity. Let's do business well. Mm-hmm. Right. And then your human can adapt to it. Mm-hmm. So do you work with people mostly on like the strategy of where they're at? Like who, like, who is your person? Like what, like, tell us really like the breakdown of what you really do. Yeah. So I work with clients in, either in the online space or brick and mortars, and we look at the strategy, but also implementation. Mm-hmm. I spent you know, I said a decade in accounting and we came up with amazing strategies for clients, but the problem was, is they don't implement it mm-hmm. or, well, they, they try, but the next thing happens in business or they lose an employee or, you know, something doesn't get delivered on time or a launch fails. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we come up with a strategy. We know the numbers, we look at them every month, but we also work as like human beings to go ahead and implement it. It's when things happen in business that we, you know, we hire a mentor for strategy and we're like, hey, just give me this, like, tell me the magic formula. I'm going to do this, this, and this. But when you go to implement it, that's where everything kind of falls apart for most people. Mm-hmm. Why do you so think most people do. really, yeah. Why do you think most people really run away from those numbers? Like they don't want to look at the numbers. Oh, it's so deep. Like I work with a lot of women. So if you go back a couple centuries, we were never trusted with money. We didn't work. There's so much there, but really we just weren't taught. Mm-hmm. If you, we always, you hear people <laughs> complain, like, how come I didn't get taught how to do taxes? And oh my school? God, I saw the time I'm like, dad, why didn't you teach me how to balance a checkbook? Like the reason I'm so shitty with money is because like, I never learned it. Yeah. So also an interesting thing, I don't remember the exact date, but I think that credit didn't really exist until maybe like the fifties. I want to say like credit cards didn't. So even if you look at like most of the people that we're talking to in your audience, the generation before them didn't really have a formula on how to handle money. Mm -hmm. So if they didn't know how to handle it, they sure didn't know how to teach us how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And so now we're just looking at it in a way that's like, okay, what do we really need to know? And that's what I've set out to do is teach people like, let's look at numbers in a way that really supports you. And right now there's like this divide. So we do this as accountants, but accountants traditionally, like we all make fun of them. Like they don't know how to speak to us in a way that we understand. And that's the gap that we're trying to bridge. Like they're information producers, but if they can't deliver that message of like, here's what you need to see from these, this is a picture that it paints. Here's how it can help you. Then the person receiving the message is just mm-hmm. running around in the dark. Right. Yeah. So. That, that's so good too. And I think too, like, we're going to talk about like the, the money side of it. Right. So now women really just haven't really learned about money. They don't really know how to manage money now. And now they come into this online space, which I always call like outer space, like people in the online space, like they're so warped how they feel about really everything. I feel like there's like planet earth and then people come online and it's like a different, like 
freaking planet here on in the online space. So now people come online and they get these big influxes of money, right? They're not making any money. Now they have these big cash months and they have these low cash months. And now they're also like being compared and they're in this like comparison of what everybody else is doing. So now I feel like their money mindset is even more screwed up. So how much mm. of this is even tied into like the money mindset that they're seeing with the people online? Well, there's a lot to do with comparison. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's just, I don't even have words for the comparison that happens. <laughs> in the like, how long space. is this podcast? Yeah, no, we don't have time for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but ultimately what I think is the problem is the denial of looking at the numbers. So we're so stuck in feelings. And if you follow any of Joe Dispenza's work, it talks yes. about how like our feelings, yeah, like our feelings actually dictate our mindset and then our mindset dictates our feelings. It's this big loop. And so then we act out of ways that we're fearful. So we've got this like money mindset that's like wholly big, but then those scary low months. So we come out of everything from fear and we just continue to act in that cycle. So what I, one of the very first things that I try to do with people is really bring it back in the online world. We are terrible for celebrating those huge months, not in a way that I don't think we should celebrate them, but let's figure out what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Just because you had a hundred thousand dollar month does not mean anything. That might be your income for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Like that is not a $1.2 million year. That's a hundred thousand dollar year. And that looks way different for your lifestyle. So if you're working with somebody who's like, okay, what does that mean? So when we spread this out over the, all the months that you're going to deliver those services. And if we look at what your expenses are and we're like, okay, this is what you actually have. that just settles you into feeling like okay I know where I'm at I know what I have to spend instead of like holy I've got all this money and then I have no idea how I'm going to eat this week Mm -hmm. right so you remove that roller coaster from it and that is the magic of like really looking at the numbers and if you don't know how to do it just work with somebody who's good at it Mm -hmm. like I don't cut my own hair for a really good reason (laughs) Like we tried that with my husband's hair and COVID it was awful, but like we, there's so many things in life that we don't do because we're not the expert at it. And numbers are the same. Like if you don't know how to do it, there's zero shame. Hire somebody who does. Yeah. I love that. You just talked about that. Like how, you know, we have these big high months and we think we, like we have, we have all this money then we have these low months. I just had this conversation with a client and this is, it's kind of reminds me of what you just said. So, you know, let's say you were in corporate and you were making a hundred, I'll just use me for an example, right? I was in corporate and I was making, you know, multiple six figures. So I'll have one month, maybe I'll hit a hundred thousand dollars in, in cash for the month. Then the next month I, I won't make any sales. And I literally will be like, I have to go work at Starbucks. Like after we'll work at Starbucks, I'm going to be working at Home Depot. I'm not making any money. And instantly I'll be like, you literally just made like your income last month, like of what you made all last year. But we're like, so warped in this like thinking that like you have to keep it up every single month. And I think we get into this online space and we're so warped with like these numbers and we're chasing these big numbers. And it's like, actually come back to reality. One of like, what do you actually even need to make? Right. I just had this conversation with a one-on-one client the other day. She was like, Oh my God, I need to hit seven figures. I was like, do you actually need to hit seven figures? Like you live in Pennsylvania, like your mortgage is like $800. You don't actually need to hit seven figures. You probably need to hit like $200,000, which you hit like six months into the year. So like calm the F down, right? Like calm down. You don't even need to be working this hard. So I think that is like another huge thing that like this online space does mess you up with numbers. And then just like you said, like you are not even in like reality of like what these numbers actually even mean. 
Yeah. And that's one of the first things that I work with clients on is like, let's get realistic about how much money you need to make and want to make, like whatever your commitments in the business are, what you personally need to make, and maybe also dreaming a bit, right? Allow yourself to dream, depending on where somebody's at with money that's safe or not safe. So we start there and then look at like, how many hours do you want to work? Are you able to work? Who is your client? What are they expecting from you? Mm -hmm. And when you put it all together, you get this picture of like, okay, this is really where I need to be. Chris Harder had presented to a group that I'm in just recently. And he was talking about how there was somebody in the group who dreamed that like seven figures, I got to be a seven figure earner. And when he really looked at the lifestyle, it was like 600,000. Like that is a far cry from a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. And imagine the freedom in your life that that provides. Yeah. It's really just unbelievable. Like when you really just like break it down, it's like, what are you really chasing? And what do you like actually need to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. But without really putting numbers to it, it's just, it's so vague. And that is where we get caught in looking to the online space to provide us that direction. We're like, Hey, okay, where do I need to be? So we look at somebody's lifestyle on Instagram and we're like, well, that's the lifestyle I think I want. They say they make seven figures a year. That's where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so true. So for my audience that is listening to this podcast, I'm sure they're going to be like, okay, I need all the things that Stacey has. What do you have going on? How do people work with you? Tell my audience all the things. Yeah. So Instagram's the easiest way to dive into my world. I have masterclasses that I'm running coming up in a couple of weeks and I work with clients one-on-one and I have a course, but it's mostly for brick and mortars. It's called profit on purpose. It's not really for the online world. If you're taking a dive into it, that's not for you. So that is the best way to reach out to me. Instagram's where I live. Amazing. You guys, we're going to put all of her information in the show notes. Make sure you guys are connecting with her. Go over her DMs, say hello to her, get into her world. You guys know there's not anybody that don't massively edify that I bring on the show. Thank you so much, Stacey, for being on here. I know we definitely changed the mindset and the numbers game for a lot of people listening to this podcast today. And I appreciate you. Thanks, Julian. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.